Welcome to Muskies on Tap. I am your host, Gus Manti, with Suggs Fishing Guide Service. Welcome to the very first episode of Muskies on Tap. I'm really excited to uh, get this run in. It's been a work in progress with my uh, two co-hosts, who I will mention here shortly. But I'd like to give you a quick background of myself. Uh, I grew up going to the Eagle River area for the past 18 years or so, parents have had a cabin on the Eagle River chain, and uh, we've always fished multi-species off the dock, off a uh, small boat, just around the lakes there, and then one day caught the first muskie off the dock, which is about where the first eight or ten muskies came from, were off the dock on spoons and spinner baits, and uh, the passion just hit right there. Um, I've really been just chasing muskies ever since for for many, many years now. I've been it's just been a passion that I've really been trying to perfect over the years. And it's it probably will never get perfect perfected because muskies are muskies and they're just hard to catch no matter what. And uh it's a different day every day going musky fishing. And that's just truly why I love it. You know, it's a super tough fish to go after and it's always a it's always a new game plan every day. It keeps you on your toes, keeps you thinking on uh, what to throw next, uh, the next next big bite, all that good stuff. So I love it. And uh, here doing this podcast, hoping to share this passion with all of you. So with me here tonight, I have one of the two co-hosts, and that is none other than my brother, Max Manti. If you want to introduce yourself max What's going on tonight fellas how we doing fantastic awesome glad to hear it. yeah i am uh brother to gus manti here um in a very untraditional sense gus kind of taught me everything about about musky fishing um same same kind of story though you know parents got a place on the eagle river chain we, we were going up there probably for the last I don't know, 15 odd years. Um, I guess for me, you know, it, it really started to snowball like the year before COVID. Uh, I moved up there for a summer, um, spent a lot of time fishing out of our little, what was it, Gus, like a 15 foot Miracraft 20 mm-hmm. horsepower yeah, boat. 20, 20, I think. And we, we could barely get that thing over 12 miles per hour with three people in it. I think dad got us some, uh, the Compre, Compre seven sixes and some Abu Abu Garcia reels. We had a bucket full of <laughs> Buker tails and giant killers, and uh, decided to try to rip up the chain for a few years. But I think once once we started to explore kind of the the area, Vilas and Oneida County. If you guys are familiar, there's there's so many different lakes to choose from, and so I think once we kind of got the ball rolling and you know got out of our comfort zone, the passion turned into an addiction i mean now i you know i'm a corporate dork in minneapolis working in commercial real estate but you know tried my best to get up to the eagle river area as much as i can so you know i hope to kind of be able to contribute on the times i i do get out and and fish with uh with gus with our other co-host here brian um i'll also be uh a partner to Gus with the PMTT trail and whatnot. So 
excited to get out and do that. I know this episode, we're going to kind of recap uh, the first leg down in Cave Run, um, which unfortunately Gus had to fish solo, but uh, well, actually not so unfortunately as you'll hear about, but um, yeah, that's, I guess, a little bit of kind of my background now, the you know, a little bit of how I got into it. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the year, excited to do this podcast. You know, I'm probably not going to be the guy that's given out majority of the tips and tricks, but uh excited to chat some muskies every single week it'll be fun we pretty much sat down and texted or called every time we do one of our trips and kind of figured why why the hell not turn into a podcast and have a few drinks talk some fishing and you know hopefully other people want to tune in and, and listen to that but jury's still out on that so we'll see awesome yeah all right and uh without getting too far ahead of ourselves let's introduce our other co-host tonight which is none other than brian echo what's up brian going on everybody i uh like these two guys grew up on a cabin up north um we had a place in lakewood wisconsin uh just south of Vilas county and i primarily grew up fishing bass and pike um and then gus got me into trout and musky fishing sort of at the same time as we got uh, into college. Um, so kind of took up the fly fishing game and then, um, got into musky fishing pretty heavily with him. Um, and yeah, got pretty, pretty brainwashed by both of those. And then, you know, primarily now focusing on musky, haven't trout fished in a while. Um, but definitely am looking forward to using that fly rod more this year on musky and, uh, um, trying to, add to that tally right now we just have one on the fly but looking forward to adding more to that and uh like max said not sure we'll be providing the uh teaching moments for you guys like gus will but we'll be playing devil's advocate for him and trying to pick his brain for you guys hey brian real quick for for all our lady listeners out there you want to want to drop and tell the people where you're living these days what you do outside of musky fishing yeah, outside of musky fishing, I'm currently living in Green Bay, Wisconsin. For all you ladies in the area, you can go ahead and hit me up. You know where I'm at. Um, selling a little bit of medical equipment right now for my job. And then whenever I'm not doing that, trying to uh, find a way to fish, whether it's from shore in the area, going after smallmouth, largemouth, pike, um, otherwise hiking up north and getting after some toothy critters. Hell yeah. Sweet. A common theme from all of us is that we have really become musky nuts over the past couple of years, big time. And uh, that's really the premise of this podcast is uh, for all the musky nuts out there, we're going to be fishing the Eagle River area a lot. Other than other than that, my brother and I, like he said before, we're going to be doing the Pro Muskie Tournament Trail this year. First time doing it as a trail team. So you can uh, hopefully follow us along on our journey. We'll be giving recaps after each tournament. And uh, like Max said, this this first episode is going to be about Cave Run. And uh, super excited to share that story. That was a incredible ex- experience. Um, currently, I have just gotten back from it only a few hours ago. Some horrible driving conditions back, but made it in one piece, barely. So, yeah, no, it was, uh, I'm, I'm really excited to hear all about the trip. I mean, obviously you filled me in, uh, but before we get into that, you know, do you want to just kind of quickly touch on some of the logistics stuff with this podcast? Like what, 
what we're actually going to be talking about outside of just the tournament recaps, how often we'll hopefully be posting, I guess, just some stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Basically we, we hope to get this out once a week and get it out to you guys very quickly after we make the podcast so that you can all hear a very real time update on what's going on in the Northwoods. Like I said before, mainly fish violence in Oneida County. I'm going to be guiding, doing Monday Night Musky League with my dad, um, potentially doing some local tournaments. Not sure yet on that uh, based on availability and all that stuff. But um, yeah, I hope you can have a takeaway each week. And and I hope this podcast helps, you know, some people out there catch some more fish. And it doesn't even matter if you are from that area even if you just want to hear some uh, hopefully halfway decent tips that we can give you. Um, we'll be sharing tons of stories too. We don't want to keep it just just uh, explicitly on musky tips and tricks and all that. So want to keep the listeners in tune on just what's going on. So and hopefully yeah, I mean, once I... we get, once we get enough uh, listeners, we can fire up some Q and A too, and answer some questions and hear some stories from you guys. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of awesome musky podcasts already out there that we obviously listen to all the time, like Backlash, Musky Road Rules, uh, you know, the Musky Hunks podcast, all that stuff. Um, I think the one of the things that I think might make us a little different or um, you know, maybe not, but it'll be more kind of real time updates on what's been going on. Um, so, you know, it's going to be a pretty live look in on kind of the journey of what a guide's seeing and, and whatnot. Um, what types of lakes Gus is fishing, what he's using, stuff like that. So hopefully it'll, you know, you can find it beneficial. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's kind of our our goal and why we're, you know, doing this. So. Yeah, yeah, we don't want to hold back. I mean, obviously, there's going to be a point where we can't just say, you know, exact lake names and all that good stuff. But we're going to give out really all that good info that you other musky nuts are going to be looking for. And I know as as one myself and Max said earlier, we listen to all the other podcasts and love it. And having another one, I hope, can't hurt. So, right. Yeah. (laughs) That's the goal. We just love an addition. All. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, hey, let's let's dive into this pretty sweet weekend that you just had. Uh, I'll, I guess I'll quickly set the stage. So, um, you know, first leg, 2023 PMTT, first year doing it as a trail team. Unfortunately, I had to leave you in the dust this weekend and make you go down to Kentucky by yourself, um, attending a bachelor party in Vegas myself. But uh I'll let Gus kind of start it. So you, you went down there first time ever being in Kentucky. When'd you leave? Who'd you go down there with? Where'd you stay? Yeah. Talk about pre-fishing and then we'll get into the tournament. Yeah. I know he said, I, I, I mean, I went, I went down solo, but realistically I could not have done this without some help from some buddies. And, uh, it's basically who I went down with. Um, it is currently May 1st. I want to say I left last week hold on looking at a calendar last week on the 25th of april tuesday we left at 6 a.m sharp i uh caravan down with 
none other than the Barbers, Jeremy and Trevor Barber, a father-son duo that is an absolute deadly duo. They're also part of our team in Monday Night Muskie League. And uh, Jeremy, I know you're a good stick, but I think Trevor's got you beat, man. That that dude can just fish. Trevor's a prodigy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> prodigy in the making. Yeah, he he's awesome. And then uh, the other group that I stayed with and caravan down with was uh, Nick Amarose and Clayton Spies, another trail team. Uh, they... They're in Monday Night Muskie League as well on a different team, but that's all right. It's all good, all for good fun, good camaraderie, and those guys are amazing sticks as well. Um, yeah, I'd say they're, yeah. They're, they're pretty good at fishing. Yeah, I'd say they're pretty good. They uh, they were in running for Top Gun. Uh, I might get it wrong. Two years ago, I want to say. I mean, they catch a lot of fish, and they do really well in league every single year. So, so yeah. Um, we drive down. It's a full twelve hours straight shot, but with all our stops, I mean, it was thirteen plus on the way down. And and the driving down was really not that bad. Pretty smooth sailing, good weather, uh, made good time, and uh, yeah, just spent the first night just unpacking, uh, not doing a whole lot because you know that we were all tired from the day and we weren't going to get up super early on Wednesday to pre-fish anyways. I don't think we got up until around 8.39 a.m. to get out. So we weren't rushing. Yeah, so first first thoughts when you hit the water on uh, Wednesday morning. Like I said, your first time ever fishing in Kentucky. Am I wrong mm-hmm. in saying that it's your first time muskie fishing outside of Wisconsin? Mm, yeah, you're wrong there. Oh. Yeah. But barely, oh, remember? <laughs> okay. All right. Outside of <laughs> outside of sorry, outside of Wisconsin and the UP, is it your first time muskie fishing outside of I guess the Midwest? Hey, you're still wrong yes. there. Fishing Correct. Minnesota with you. Uh, yeah, that's right. I was gonna say that. That was a uh that was a weird send. <laughs> we sent the uh, Twin Cities one weekend in uh late November and got our butts handed to us. But that's I don't think there's any fish. That's in an that old story. We're never going back. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> hopefully that'll change when we go to Vermilion later on here. All right. So right. terrible first question on my part. Let me let me just <laughs> let me just kind of restart that. What it was like when you got out on the water Wednesday morning, okay, you're in totally unfamiliar territory. You're mm-hmm. musky fishing and you know, I don't know, what do they call it down in Kentucky? They're not like it's like a hauler or whatever. You're fishing in a hauler. Oh, up in them haulers. Up in yeah. them haulers. Freak arms and all that stuff. Yeah, it's it's different fishing, man. I mean, so like I said, I, I did it solo, but not not really at the start. Uh, the guys that I went down with, they gave me some good spots to pretty much, or not really spots, but, you know, areas of the lake to go check out, you know. And uh, that first day in the water, I, I knew it was going to be different, but... I didn't realize how different it truly was going to be. The uh, the clarity apparently was a little bit clearer than normal, which um, obviously I have no previous knowledge of the lake at all, but it, it seems like it was around three feet clarity and um, kind of like an off-green color, turquoise-ish. Um, it reminded me of when lakes somewhat bloom up in September, but um, I got out there and 
and I was told that don't be fooled. You're going to find bait everywhere. You're going to mark bait in the middle of the lake in super random areas. And it's not that don't trust it, but you're going to want to find spots that look really good and have bait. So, I mean, I rolled out there, dropped into a Elfrey boat launch every day and pretty much in between there and the Zilpo flats, I'd always just mark bait. And I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't know what's out here. I'm not even going to try it. This is, this is such a big part of the lake. I'm going to, can I cut you off? I'm going to go first. I, What's I up? just want to ask for myself. Cause I have no idea. And for people listening, you've never been to cave run. Like how big is that lake? And when you like went out to pre-fish, are you just focusing on like a few of the creek arms? Or are you like going out to the main body and like what does that what does the whole area look like? Okay, so from from what I know, I believe it's around eighty five hundred to nine thousand acres, but that can vary a lot. So I don't want to speak any more numbers without knowing for sure because I've heard that that lake can drop and raise up twenty some feet in height. So. I was told that it was two feet lower than normal. So I'm really not sure what all that means. You know, clear water, two feet lower than normal. In usual situations on, say, a river or flowage, that tells me that fish, fishing can be somewhat more difficult. Um, and usually just like a, for sure a river can like scatter fish. Um, it's not going to concentrate them really in that many areas and and I dropped in and immediately saw 59 to 60 degree water temps. And then, and, uh, I was told it's pretty much a post-spawn bite. So everyone was going in like, okay, this is going to be a pretty tough bite. Um, everyone else had their kind of areas to go to and check, but I pretty much just had to buzz around. I mean, I tried to break it down in sections because as some people know about cave runs, some of those really good spots are on dead opposite ends of the lake. Hmm. Um, I don't obviously want to give away too many spots and all that stuff, even though they're super well-known and you just look on the map and they're all named. But but I tried to start on one end of the lake and just work it slowly and go down to the other end and at least just trying to get some areas in each part of the lake. Um, looking back, I probably should have really broken it down a little bit smaller than that because i mean i my boat doesn't go 65 like some of the others but uh so it takes a good 20 plus minutes to get to the other end or maybe even longer than that i, I never even timed it but that first day i spent some time in a few creek arms and areas in the timber because, like I said, I, I just overheard some people talking that that's probably where they're going to be. And with that, I kind of just went off. I just went off with that and just started pitching around the timber with pretty much every bait category. And uh, that first day, I think other than trolling out on the weed flats around the beach area, I, I visually did not see anything. I, I think I got a glimpse of one in a tiny little cove cut off, but it was it was so close to the main area. I knew that that spot was going to get hammered, and I didn't feel confident even moving a fish there. 
that I could go back and find it again, which the second day of pre-fishing, I did not find it again. Um, I kind of held that spot off as a very, very last minute uh, just spot to go to during the tournament because I just, if I found one fish in that really small area, there was no so reason you're fishing, for me to go and catch it or burn it. So when you're fishing timber, like pre fishing, then throughout the tournament, was it mostly like laid down trees offshore or is this like flooded mm, timber that, you know, has been at the bottom of the lake forever? It's, it's flooded standing timber. So it's like the, it's like the old forest that used to be around the old looking river before it was flooded. And there were some laid down trees in shore, but I think with the two feet low, a lot of that good stuff was out of the water. And I could tell looking on shore in some areas that if it was two feet higher, there'd actually be some very, very good areas that I'm sure those Kentucky guys know. And they have their, you know, waypoints and all that stuff where they can be like, okay, this area is super good when it's flooded a little bit more because right here, there's just a pile of trees that normally are out of water or something like that. And you can't visually see all that stuff. So that that's where it got tough. You know, I don't have any of that previous knowledge. So I had just pretty much went off with go find the trees and find the bait. And uh, I tell you what, the hardest part about that is that I found the trees because they are really easy to find. They're everywhere. And I found the bait. Like I said, it's everywhere. So day one ended and I have that one glimpse of that one small fish and basically nothing else to show for. Um, yeah, that's that's the day one of pre-fishing. I think, too, you mentioned, like, because I think you're using live scope a little bit to pre-fish. And mm -hmm. you said, like, there's so much carp and other stuff down there that we're not used to up north. Mm -hmm. We're like, you'd see stuff on live scope and you'd be like, could be a muskie. Oh, my God. I carp could be whatever. And Yeah, in those three days pre-fishing, running live scope, there were so many big red blobs just scattered through those trees and I would pitch at every single one of them. And I, I tell you what, not even a single one budged at a lure I tossed, which gave me zero confidence that any of those were muskies. Cause usually in past experiences, they will at least come and look at it or something. But I mean, I'm just trying to mark one at this point. I was almost like getting to a desperate point of like, I actually don't care if I burn a fish. I need to catch something to like make sure I know that I'm fishing an area that actually has muskie. Well, and because... you had, you know, had a fish on the end of your line since last November. So yeah, it's like, exactly. just, you know, you know, well, real quick, not to break this up too much, but like the whole live scope thing was that, did you see people using that pre-fishing? Was it a talk at all about how they're not, you know, you, you know, not allowed to do it in the tournament this year? And you know you could use a pre-fishing, but you can't use it in the tournament. Was there any right. chatter about that down there? Honestly, I didn't hear a whole lot of chatter about people not digging that change. Um I like it. I think I it's I think with, it's cool. I think it's cool too. I mean, all the guys that I stayed with used it and we utilized it pre-fishing. Um, and I want to say pretty much every single other boat that I saw pre-fishing had it. So it's really become a thing that kind of everyone has. I figured this year, I really figured owned. this year you're going to see it a lot more. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I mean, we don't have to get like super deep into the live scope. Cause I know we all have no. our, we all have our <laughs> opinions on it and I know those opinions can differ, but you know, I, I really like it for trying to learn spot on spots or bodies of water you've never been to or finding bait fish in open water or something like that because a lot of times in open water or clear situations or something like that you drive your boat around and you can spook bait fish and they won't even mark on your side imaging or down but i mean this is different with cave run it's such dirty water even with it being clear clearer than normal you could buzz around in those i'm assuming shad balls i'll still mark them two to five feet from my transducer in 30 40 50 60 feet of water so they don't have any problem of you know a boat so all but, right well uh, so finish finish up the a little bit more of the pre-fishing so we can get into the good stuff right yeah yeah i don't want to talk too much about pre-fishing because it really ended with not a whole lot i mean there's a few things to take away from it um there's a few key things that i kind of remember after just listening to the guys i was staying with which i don't want to give away too much from from them because it's their pre-fishing and all that but they did well you know they're seeing fish some were caught by them uh many missed um so that at first was kind of tough the old confidence level i mean I, I know they've all been there and i haven't so it's like i can't beat myself up too much for not even you know barely sniffing a muskie but um one of those takeaways of the uh two are the difference between bad trees and good trees that i found out pretty quickly is that there are some areas of just bald trees and uh, they're like the main areas and I see people hammer the crap out of them. And it's like, I don't know, there's just not as much room for those muskies to hide when it's just a bald standing tree. So, you know, I found more of those really compact, clumped up, branched off trees. That's what really helped. And another thing was to look for was that some of those creek arms held the same water temp of the main lake, I noticed. And some of the people were saying that it's like we were having some pretty good luck when we rolled into a a creek arm and that water temp shot up a little bit. So I'm like, okay, I'll I'm gonna pay attention to that a little bit more. And and uh I roll into this last one Friday afternoon and I look around it and I'm like, okay, this looks actually very good. Um I'm just gonna put the live scope in the water set my side image range to 150 feet each side because I just want to see a big area and I just want to plot it out. I'm not even going to take a cast because it's Friday afternoon before the tournament. At this point, I don't want to burn any fish, even though I got zero confidence of even contacting the fish. And I'm just going to roll <laughs> around, move the live scope back and forth and just waypoint every single time I see a good clump of trees and every single time I see high concentrations of bait. So I do this in this area that I was going to fish on Thursday, but it was too packed. And I went and fished a different area pretty close. And I stroll around. I think I do two passes around it and I was getting really close to the guys um, packing up and we had to go to the rules meeting. 
I'm like, okay, I'll keep that one in the, in the, uh, in the uh, table for the tournament. And, uh, that, that pretty much ends pre-fishing right there. Um, I'm saying that with a little bit more confidence, but really at the time I was like, I, I don't know, this is just going to be another area that I hit during the tournament. We'll see what happens. I mean, what when I, your... when I, when I talked to you, you were pretty dejected. Yeah. I talked to Max. I talked to some people on the phone and I pretty much was probably sounding pretty desperate at that time. Like, Hey, <laughs> I need help. <laughs> what, what, I was so trying what to get your... every... Squeeze every ounce plan? of info out of the guys. What's that, Brian? What was your game plan then? Like, right when you get on the water, first day, I mean, you didn't have a ton to go off of pre-fishing, so what did you settle on that you figured you'd start so, there and see what happens? So, in my head, I, I didn't have... I kept trying to go through game plans, and what I settled on, which is just where I, I had this... I had this one area marked... I didn't I didn't mention it all. And I remember Jeremy telling me, he's like, I've been to this spot before for like two years in the past. It looks amazing, but there's just no fish there. And I'm like, that's just so bizarre. And and I went there myself. I want to say it was, I never actually confirmed with him. And I marked I marked it all out. There was there was rocks, weeds timber standing timber creek area next to the main lake and i fished it and i watched other people fish it and nothing saw nothing so i thought about that one i passed it on the first morning and i'm just like i can't do it so i I roll i tried to roll into (laughs) i know i tried to roll into the one small area where I saw the one single fish on the very first morning, I was, uh, I'm boat 32. And by the time I got there, it was taken. So that pretty much threw me for a loop on. I'm uh, now I just, I almost like panicked. I'm like, uh, this spot. And I just kind of like went into an area where I like barely fished in and i and i just started pitching around i'm like okay yeah it's feels like good weather i might be able to move one or get one to eat over here on this shoreline area you know because i heard other people maybe were doing decent on shoreline areas and then there was a bass tournament going on the same day and there's a bass guy right behind me riding up right behind me and then there's a dude that just cuts me off in the bass tournament and i'm like (laughs) From past experience, when you're like already frustrated and not liking the spot, just get up and go. There's absolutely no reason to stick As around. You got the double birds up in the air pointed back at him, or was it just a clean departure? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I know. I just gave him the. Uh, it's just the classic stare down. Um, yeah. he, he didn't. You know. He didn't throw. He didn't throw a mag dog off the back of the the motor. <laughs> hey, I've only done that like once, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> We fish. We fish the chain. I, I've casted a few people's props, <laughs> prop washes up in the jet yeah, ski um, intake valves. The dude that freaking went by us going like ten miles an hour, and we start, you know, yelling at him. He goes, "There's no fish here. This is on the chain." And then you popped one right in his, right in his wake. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> that was hilarious. I mean, I still get pissed now, but I mean, this is sidetracked, but. 
But honestly, I'm trying to come to terms that it's fine if you get cut off in a body of water like the chain because those fish are used to it. And honestly, I've heard from other people, it kind of stirs up the spot a little bit. It might get the uh, muskies all riled up. And if you toss a lure in there, he's going to be like, oh, what's that? And probably chase it. So especially if it's a really, really good spot. Um, but anyways, uh, I Saturday leave morning. that area. Yeah, back back to cave. I leave that area, and I want to say that was a good 7 to 8 a.m.-ish of the tournament, maybe a little bit longer. So I spent a good amount of time kind of hitting the banks and then hitting the deeper edges of those trees and then kind of working the other side, not seeing anything, and I really didn't see that much bait. So that didn't help the confidence either. So I, after that, I decided to go to that spot that I marked uh, Friday afternoon. And um, I started casting it. Um, I went all the way around it. I was marking bait. Definitely liked the way it looked. And uh, just didn't see anything. And uh, I was trying to not beat myself up too much about it. And I was just like, okay, I'm solo. I keep casting. And... Every time my bait's out of the water, you know, there's no one else casting, and that means there's no chance of catching a fish. I'm like, do I troll? But then there's only one lure per guy, and and I'm not going to troll the timber. It's too dangerous and time-consuming, and I'm not going to go troll the beach or the flats because there's just way too many people there. I, I don't want to do that either, so decided to jig and I got a ripping dog out and I think I jigged for maybe maybe a minute got snagged had to <laughs> unsnag it bent the hook out I'm like oh it's I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of just like motor out of here and just like regroup um I had a snack I downed a bunch of water because at this point I probably didn't drink anything or whatever and I put fat putt putt back to where I started this area to just do it again but jig instead so by that time it's two hours and no sorry three hours into the tournament uh, without anything to show for still and I rig up a tube and I remember looking back at the footage I rig up the tube I kind of Walk to the front, put the trolling motor in as I'm just kind of like wind drifting into the spot because I just like shut the motor off really far away. And I drop the tube down. I'm kind of looking at the side image, looking at the down image. I'm like, okay, there's the treetops. Um, I'm just going to start jigging. It was a little above halfway in the water column, so it really wasn't that far down. And I just get popped in the first 35 seconds of jigging. I mean, I got the got the footage to show for it. It's it's no joke, and it hit right at the the top of the jig. And in the video, you can see me. I must have just been doing something stupid and trying to like adjust my telescoping rod. And it hit when I was doing that. So I have like a one hand on the jig ripper, and the on the other one like really far up next to the first eyelet, and my hook set is just like straight up like way up in the air and i'm like and i'm like oh crap i need to start reeling now too and by the you time gave I'm him starting you gave reel, him the you gave him the double-handed eye crosser hook set 
Oh, it was. It was actually, I, I gave actually a pretty good hook set for how high up I was. And the adrenaline was going. That fish was pretty yeah. much damn near out of the water the second you said it. Yeah, I basically said it. And like within a few cranks, that thing is already thrashed on the surface. Because like I said, I'm not jigging that far down. And uh, that thing immediately starts just gator rolling. Because I heard from uh, Nick and Clegg that they did well pre-fishing. They're like, dude, these fish down here fight hard. And they love to gator roll. And I'm like, sweet. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, then it happened. And I'm like, oh, my God. They're actually gator rolling. And this is, this is kind of sketchy. Because every time we've had fish gator roll, it sometimes doesn't end super well and uh it's usually big fish in our cases in wisconsin but but this is just every fish down there i guess and that's I think pretty I funny that the first two fish this year came when there was a problem with the telescoping rods <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just shows how rusty you can get in six months fishing. Yeah. yeah yeah i know it's tough i so that fish is hooked and gator rolls on the surface and I quickly run to the front of the boat because I fish out of the back of the boat so I can be near my near the transducer. They just have the one tra uh, transom mount transducer and and uh, I run it up to the front because I want to keep a tight line and I don't want to force that fish anywhere it's not going. Um, so I just keep walking with it, walking with it up the boat, up the boat, keep the rod tip jammed in the water. I got my thumb ready to uh, free spool, which I don't think I even used on the first fish. And then I work it around the trolling motor, which I was jigging for not even long enough for me to even start using it. So it wasn't on, thankfully. There's no worries there. Got it to the other side. What's up, Max? Not to be like overdramatic or anything, but when the fish is on, like what, how are you feeling? Like heart's beating? You're just like, oh my God, like any other my heart fish? was my heart was going crazy because i'm like oh my god this just happened like it, I, yeah. I haven't even sniffed <laughs> I mean, you've been there all forever. week haven't seen one you drop it down jiggy no live scope obviously and like i, I mean probably a good thing right. i wasn't there because i would have been bored senseless trying to jig without live scope but like yeah, i just couldn't imagine <laughs> yeah i just couldn't imagine how you would have been feeling after fishing for what three and a half days or whatever and then all of a sudden boom just like game on. yeah i was I was shaking, man. My heart was going crazy. I was like fumbling to grab the net because, well, I had it in a good spot and thankfully there's no lures by it. There's no rods stuck in it. So I was able to get it quickly onto the gunnel of the boat because um, I didn't want to just jab at it immediately. I got to make sure, you know, it's going to come in clean. And uh, at this point, it's gator rolled so much that it's fully wrapped in the line, which sounds bad but i was actually like really happy because like if it just sits there docile i can just get the net under it pretty easily like you know that's clean that's clean living for me and then and then right when i'm starting to like kind of jab towards it it ungator rolls <laughs> and then all i see is the lure fully Slackline. out and only like where the oh. one hook was which is on the side of the face and I was like, oh, my God, did it, like, unhook from one side? Or, like, what just happened? Like, one wrong turn, and this thing could just fling right off. And uh, it's, it's, it just sat there again, and I scooped it. And, um, and then it went crazy again in the net, and I went to grab my 
uh, pliers and I look and I'm like, holy crap, there's three treble hooks in this thing. And I quickly grab the uh, hook cutters and get it cut and get it out. And I'm like, okay, that thing wasn't going anywhere, but I'm trying to get it out. And I'm like, I don't, I think I was like, my knees started shaking because like I'm trying to, <laughs> like I could remember this because I'm like, everything in my head, I'm like, holy crap, this just happened. I got to stop the GoPros to get the footage. I got to call Tim about the fish to, to get the fish in. I got to get the tripod out. I got to get my phone ready. I got to get the stickers on the bump board. Doing a little Irish All jig running the middle through my head. things in the net. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, I'm, I, I was like at loss of words. I don't think I said a single word in the, in the footage. I didn't say a single word. <laughs> I maybe did one fist pump on that first fish, but I, I just didn't say a single thing. Um, and it yeah. was, so how big was the fish? And as, and as, I mean, I guess I'll, I'll just give it away. I mean, what it was like a 35 it was 35, 35 and three quarters. And three fours, yeah. Three quarters. And yeah. So, I mean, as, as a, know, as a 35 ever, as a 35 inch ever made you freak out. Like that. I mean, Every muskie's great. I'm, don't get me wrong. I mean, every like, tournament fish awesome. just hit. They just hit way different. Catching a fish way in the different. tournament just hits. I mean, there's plenty of times those 35 inches are just super fun. They fight really hard, and they'll they'll kind of give you a run by the boat, or or they uh, when they hit boat side because they're so just like spunked up. But this fish was just no. You're right. I've never sh <laughs> been shaking that hard on a single fish of that caliber. So, yeah, and it's it's cold water. So after I got that measurement and, you know, the self-film or at least the measurement I could get out of it without pinching the tail, um, put it back in the net, quickly reviewed my photos and uh, got the good measurement in. I, I didn't see anything wrong with the blurriness. So I released the fish and that thing just shot out of the cannon back into the water. I didn't even get to hold it or anything or get anything like release footage very much other than like an overhead GoPro because that fish just shot out and and sent that in so that took a while so um, it felt like I was sitting down for a while and I had to cut hooks so and repair the tube so from catching that fish I probably didn't fish for another like 15 minutes went by and in the musky fishing world that's a long time during a bite window and um and from what I kind of saw, there's a boat near me that was jigging as well. Many cast lengths over and they lost one like five minutes after I released that fish. Oh. I kind of overheard. So there's definitely a bite window and I didn't capitalize on a second the first day. But that's yeah. it. I mean, so day one's in the books. You bag one. You're feeling great. Uh, I think after day one, what, you're in eighth place. There's one team the rick nash was, and his partner caught three so yeah kevin nash of, and his partner jared yeah, did really yeah, well is it rick nash rick. hockey player center for the blue jackets <laughs> he might be <laughs> hey, Sorry, well, i got the i got the devil's rangers game out of the background so i'm like half musky thinking half <laughs> hockey <laughs> yeah so after first day um i was in eighth place with the 135 and three quarters there was only 12 fish caught. I actually don't know the exact number on the field, but it was somewhere 
somewhere in the 80-ish boats. So obviously it was not a full field. Not everybody made it down. And uh, But it was only nine teams. I mean, there wasn't even a 10th place after day one. So even though it was just like one fish, and sometimes in tournaments, catch one fish, feel good, see the leaderboard, and you're like, oh, for real? This one, I was like, wow, okay, it's it's game on now. You know, that's a good start. I don't, I don't have to be doing that worrying Saturday night going into Sunday. You know, even if it's just that one, these are great trail points. You know, I'm I'm like, with that one fish, I was super happy. I mean, I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was content. You know, obviously, I was hungry for that second one, but um, but yeah, that got me on stage the first day to just kind of talk about it when they when uh you know tim calls people up and kind of asks how your day went and all that stuff he doesn't really harp on people too much in the first day because obviously there's another day of fishing and nobody nobody's going to give away spots baits colors or anything like that so that was the end of day one yeah i mean i was probably one of the cooler texts to wake up to yeah i mean uh, yeah, you sure. told me in the morning, like, I hope to wake up to good news. And I sent you that text that you answered probably not too much longer. And you're like, I just woke up. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's go. I mean, I, as I mean, I, I, we don't probably need to belabor this too much, but yeah, I was still at the, uh, I think, blackjack table at the <laughs> uh, Venetian when I called you and you were uh, getting going at six. Yeah, it was 6.30, I had the boat set up, <laughs> standing in line with the boys and the boats and yelling over the phone like, you guys want black or red? Oh, yeah, I was at the roulette <laughs> table. Yeah. I knew it was like, going to be a good like, day because I, I think I hit I think I think hit on the next bet. I was like, all right, Gus is going to get one. I'm going to wake up to a text from him, and he's going to have a fish in the bag. And sure enough, I yeah, I rolled over that next morning and – saw that you sent a picture so before i even open it up i'm like well it's not going to be of the sky so <laughs> right <laughs> the house yeah, pretty, i might i might send hand. you a picture of like a side image fish but you're right yeah so i was pretty fired up and just fist pumping from uh fist pumping from the hotel room so yeah day one in the books so like what are you feeling that night like i know obviously you probably didn't think you could win the thing but a top I think a top five no, finish was after seeing your sights. Um, after seeing the local stick Nash and Jared with their with their three fish, one of them being forty six and a half, I was like, oh wow, okay. I mean, I know it's usually like a low fish count in this tournament, but first place solo that not at this point it's like eh, a little out of reach. But um, obviously that fish. Gave me the most confidence I've felt in the you know the entire trip so far. So um, that game plan on day two, which by the way, after I caught that fish, I didn't leave that area at all until the tournament ended on Saturday. So on on Sunday, I know that this is a fish reloading spot, and there's bait still there, and this is not some tiny little spot where you might have just caught the one fish and you're just hoping for another fish to stroll around this is like okay at any point any point jigging i could also just catch a couple or a really big fish it's kind of it just felt like one of those spots so i'm like i'm solo 
I don't want to do this casting thing. I'm just going to jig the entire time the exact same spot because I don't know any other spot in this lake that I got confidence in. I only have confidence in this spot, so I'm going to be really stubborn and not move at all. So Sunday morning, you got out there, fished the same exact spot, and I guess I'll, I mean, I'll just let you cap off the story. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, this, I mean, the more I think about it, the more the story is just like mind-boggling. It is like the most deja vu story of a fish that I've ever encountered ever because obviously like I said I just went out to go fish that exact same area and I just kept working over that spot you know the tournament starts at seven and um the tournament teams flip so I went out actually I went out at the same time because it was you know being team 32 is right in the middle of the trail teams and um I was probably jigging by 710 maybe 715 we're in that ballpark if anything 720 you know and i go that first three hours without getting a single bite and i'm just like oh okay this morning major is about to start i'm gonna kind of i'm gonna kind of do the same thing where i just put put out of here eat a snack regroup because you know i haven't eaten since 5 a.m and uh just start jigging again where it all started yesterday and I do that and I kind of work in, I get snagged a few times. And then I think it was, it wasn't the same thing where I like just started jigging and get the fish, but I want to say I like just got unsnagged and had to like, you know, resharpen or do something like that and then drop it down. And pretty shortly after that, get the second fish, hook the second fish. It hit on the top of the uh, jig it hit the same tube it hit 50 feet from the last waypoint of the day before fish it hit at the exact same time as the fish from the day before i look back at oh, when weird. i took the videos and they're both at 10 19 a.m which means i probably caught the fish at 10 18. somebody's down there ringing a dinner bell at that time every day <laughs> I know it's like a dinner bell in that spot. You know, looking back, I probably could have just went and fished that spot for 30 minutes and caught the two fish, but obviously (laughs) I didn't know this. Right. And this fish, like I said, hit at the top of the jig. I hooked that probably the same way. I mean, I'm sure I was a little more paying attention, I hope. And and it comes up to the surface, looks about the same size, starts gator rolling. (laughs) I go to the other side of the boat, just like the other one. I get the net out, get a roll again, and I think this one came in a little bit more clean, and I was shaking just as much, and I think after this one, I think I gave a little more of a fist pump. So, <laughs> and, uh, and, the, and the story doesn't end there. So, when that fish is in the bag, I'm, you know, fist pumping, I'm like, yeah, let's go. You know, that, that fish is huge. And, um, and then this other boat that was kind of casting the area around comes up and i'm like i kind of recognize the boat and they're like we were in this spot yesterday when you caught your fish and saw you catch the fish we're now here in this exact same spot and we just saw you catch a fish again <laughs> at the same time <laughs> the same time and then the, i'm like is this a different fish like is this a different day <laughs> you know 
<laughs> like this is wild. I'm like, it was beyond me by the tournament end, like on how that all happened. That's awesome. And for people that like don't know Gus personally, I mean, you don't really get that jacked up. So to like know that you were fist pumping <laughs> and talking to yourself, that's not really difficult. No, not exactly normal. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately i was like so worked up on adrenaline and talking to those people by me and getting the getting the bump board ready and the and the tripod ready again and getting the right colors on the bump board and calling tim for the fishing i accidentally stopped the gopros 15 seconds too late so they start on the loop like halfway through the fight so unfortunately I couldn't look back and and see how that fish hit, but I'm almost dead positive it hit at the top rip. I'm not trying to, you know, make the story a hundred percent deja vu, but I'm pretty positive. <laughs> pretty All positive good, about man. that. Yeah. We, we just want to see the difference in celebrations. Yeah, I can't wait to see that Sally. It's gonna be Yeah, hilarious. it was a fist pump. I had the rod in my hand and you scream I, and I, rip I your shirt off. off. <laughs> I mean, it's not nearly as bad as my stupid celebration from the PMTT last year where I literally screamed like a freaking eight-year-old. Yeah, and as he did that, I was like, shh, shh. I had to shush him because there's so many people. It was like polar opposites, you know. I'm yeah. all dead serious, like, hey, we're fishing a tournament. We don't want anybody to know. And you're just like, I'm fish. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, in my defense, it was at the time my PB, and that fight was outrageous. Not that we need to that talk fight about was that insane. tournament, but um, yeah. One of, I mean, your, one of your few correctly called big fish, big fish. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> that, dude, it, yeah, that, like what I was saying earlier about like tournament fish just hit different. Like, I mean, I'm only speaking from that experience because, like, that's obviously we fished the one PMTT last year and like the two fish we caught um but like that second one like when it was on that adrenaline rush is like nothing you can you can't like quantify it or like you know right to really tell people about it like it's you have to experience it like it's 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 a legit adrenaline rush where you're just so nervous like for whatever reason i mean it's not i mean obviously the payouts and the pmtt are awesome and the, the status and all that stuff is great and recognition it's cool but like you still shouldn't be probably as nervous as you are. I mean, I'm sure guys that have fished the trail for a long time, probably like, you know, flip they're them in the net stone and they're, cold. they're stone cold. They're, you know, whatever. But yeah, I mean, it's just like the coolest feeling. You're just freaking out. Your knees are shaking. It sounds so dumb, but like it, it's the truth, you know, it's just like, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's our rush, man. That's why we're musky junkies. This is our adrenaline. <laughs> All right, so the second one hits the bag. Like, what? what's the mental state after that? I mean, you still got a few hours left. Are you thinking, like, I mean, wh wh yeah, where's your head at? What are you thinking? I, you know, like I said the day before, I didn't, I didn't think first place was attainable. You know, you always gotta, you always gotta have goals. <laughs> and um, with that being said, I, I just was like, okay, I think I could probably get second. You know, one more fish. This area is loaded with bait. I'm getting my bait back down there. I'm going to jig the same lure in the same mm -hmm. area. Like, I'm really confident for another bite now. Like, 
now this spot isn't just a fluke. Like that fish, it also confirmed like that fish yesterday was not just a fluke. This is like a pretty good spot. Like it, it's got some fish reloading on it. So I just jig the area again until the tournament ends with just tons of confidence. And uh, I don't get another bite. I think the first day I side image four to five during the tournament and Sunday I only side image like one more. So not as many, but for the people that don't know, the second day's weather was nasty compared to the first day. First day, it kind of got up into the 70s, started to get warm. Second day, it started out warm in the, in the uh, morning, but there's rain in and out. Uh, the winds really picked up and the high was only like barely 60. I mean, I kept all my bibs on. I had my sweatshirt on and off every time like a cloud would go over the sun or because just the temperatures were fluctuating so much and it just felt like it was going to be a harder bite. I mean, when the tournament was over, there was actually one more fish caught on Sunday than all Saturday, which was pretty surprising. But I just I just kept jigging it with confidence to uh, hopefully get that second, or I should say, third bite of the tournament, second of the day, and it just didn't happen. And, and you know, by that end, I was already, already unsnagged probably 15 times with the lure retriever I just bought down there at Crashes, which paid for itself over and over and over again. <laughs> and um, I was just, I was, then I was, I was content with the tournament being over, I was like, all right, I tried, I tried the best I could with what I had. And that's all I could ask for. Max, yeah. is it, I, yeah, I know ahead. you were, you were, you know, mad that you couldn't make it down there for the tournament, but does it make it a little bit easier on, you knowing that you would have been jigging for 12 hours straight <laughs> without live yeah. scope. I don't yeah, think well, Max and I have the, the mental stamina to be able to sit there and jig that long. like Gus. I, yeah, and yeah, you, as you guys know, just with like any decision making and sometimes like lay copying, it's like I can sometimes be that stubborn one where I'm like, nah, we should not move the spot or nah, we should move the <laughs> lake or something like that. And yeah, it sometimes well, pays off, it sometimes doesn't. It's just a tough, it's a tough thing. I mean, that's why people pay to get in the boat with you though and not me because i know <laughs> damn sure i don't have the patience to do that and i mean i, I think i i probably it being a tournament like i always 98 percent of the time i'd say i defer to you on spots and timing and stuff like that so i would have gone along with it but yeah i mean you probably enjoyed some silence i don't think i would have been i mean you know, <laughs> after the first three hours of that in your ear a little bit you already know I would have been yeah. out some some down trees uh, by the shore and had to break up. <laughs> hey, the don't tails. get <laughs> don't get me wrong. I mean, I know there's really not much of a bucktail bite down there, but I I got on some twitch baits and glides. I guess you know I, I shouldn't say I. Well, I did actually just jig dead straight, but there was I think one little point in there. I tossed a glide on shore for about seven minutes, and. uh it was pretty funny. Those some people must have thought or saw me catch a fish or catch the fish the day before, but uh, they they just slid right into where I was and started jigging when I went and casted the glide on shore, which I thought was just classic tournament because I don't know if that 
yeah, that was that was just funny. I'll leave it at that. Oh. Uh, before we, I guess, get to more of the end of this podcast, I might as well talk about at least one tip because uh, I, I felt like most of this was just a story of the whole weekend. But um, one thing I did find out without using live scope while jigging, which actually just like gave me a lot more confidence, even just jigging in general, is that if you do like to fish out of the back of the boat or you don't, I highly encourage it. You can jig near your transducer. And sometimes you can't always get underneath it for down imaging, which I, I found very difficult, but you can just get on the side of it and just like a musky follow that you mark on side image, you can mark your bait on the side. And I was kind of like watching every once in a while when I passed through the transducer, I'm like, okay, there's where the bottom was. And then there's where the top is when I'm jigging up. I mean, by, by the time I was doing it for so long, I was pretty much measuring it with like lifting my rod up out of the water and seeing where the tube was in the water. I'm like, okay, that's about how deep I've been doing this whole time. This should be perfect. But to get dialed in, I use side image to do that. And I just kind of would ease forward into the wind and almost keep my tube or whatever I was jigging or whatever you want to jig towards the back of the boat. And as you're passing through the spot, if you see, for example, like in Cave Run, a, a tree, you know that you can kind of sweep your rod forward and bring it up more and just like almost carry it over that tree and then start jigging again so that you can keep snag free. I mean, it obviously didn't work every time. I still got snagged 15 times at least, like I said, but you know, it's just a one quick tip to kind of help you build confidence, even if you don't have live scope or whatever, you know, because jigging is definitely a tactic. I'd like to use more hundred uh, percent in the uh, in the post turnover time frame of the year um, when it can be deadly in deeper water. So, yeah, there's your uh, there's your tackle tip for the week. No doubt, had that to the arsenal for this year. I mean, I think I'm yet to catch one ever jigging. I think I did it a little bit a few times last summer, but you can take what you want from that. I mean, I haven't still caught that many jigging. But those, those two from this tournament have really given me confidence to do it a lot more because those yeah, things can, are fun. I think I can count on my fingers how many minutes I've jigged, so I might have to start <laughs> uh, giving it some more attention this year. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't say it's the most practical. You know, I take for 12 hours straight for two bites, but, you know. I'm a big cover water guy, slamming shoreline, <laughs> get that reactionary <laughs> finesse bite. <laughs> yeah, well, we know that, we're, Brian. Yeah, we're down for you, so can't uh, can't disagree with your tactics for this time. And I mean, I I think what I'm most impressed with is like the fact that you figured something out during the tournament, or is able to stick two fish. You're fishing solo. You take a top five at a lake you'd never been. I mean, not to pump your tires too much here, but that's pretty sweet, man. I mean, it really is like. <laughs> Pretty cool. Yeah, I think the the craziest part too that like Appreciate you know it. people be like oh he wanted or not wanted but you know he plays solo, but I think not having that second bait out there you know there's so many times you cast near a fish and not close enough to it and they don't react they might see if they don't do anything it just helps so much of that second or third fisherman 
on the boat with you to be able to, you know, get follows and figure out where these fish are and what they're reacting mm-hmm. to. And without that, it's, you know, I feel like you can feel like you're lost pretty quickly. So. Yeah. I mean, it pretty much just felt, it pretty much just felt like I could find, it, it would have to take, you know, double the amount of time to find a pattern without, you know, more fishermen, at least one or two, you know, in any normal day, not even just tournament fishing, but any normal day of just like solo fishing, you know, it's just that much harder to kind of dial in and yeah, it was just, it was a really cool experience. I was, uh, I was thrilled to be a part of that. All right. You do it again. Well, I mean, yeah, (laughs) next year, bringing Max down, he's gonna, he's gonna step foot on Mars and look at that. Like be like, what there's muskies in here, but no way. But I think it's, I think so, I mean, from that tournament, though, I think the cool thing about you going down there, crushing it solo, like, huge for me, too, because now, I mean, I don't, I think it's a guarantee, I don't really know, but we get to fish in the world championship on the chip, which was like, was kind of our main goal going into the trail. Brian's fist pumping in the back. He's going to take off work, come down there with us for a few days. But I mean, for like, sure. our whole goal was like, okay, between yeah. cave madison vermilion like first year doing the trail i think a reasonable goal for us would be make it to the championship have a chance at you know the big prize or whatever you know top gun team all that good stuff like that was kind of our goals like just to get there but now it's almost like the expectations might have to shift a little bit because you go down there you snake a top you know you snake a top five fourth place finish you're kind of a, I think from what I've been understanding, you, you know, you're a lock to get, we're a lock to get to the championship now, which is yeah. super cool. I mean, we, we obviously can't like fully confirm it for a while, but you are, you are correct. I, I I'm think, getting, I'm know, getting ahead from, of my skis here a little bit from, yeah, maybe a little bit just, but from what history is told, it, it does, it, the fourth place doesn't hurt. That's for it, sure. it makes, it makes me more excited about the next two tournaments. Like I feel like you know yeah. The oh yeah be off a little bit and just kind of it's it's cool like you know for sure i mean yeah we're going to fish madison and vermilion just to- two totally brand new fisheries to us we've never been to either one and they're kind of you know completely pretty much all three of the legs this year are just completely different musky water totally mm-hmm. different every single one is different forage i mean you got shad madison chain is from my understanding, panfish, and then you go up to Vermilion, and they got everything, you know. Obviously, other mm-hmm. than Shad, they got the big white fish and yeah, bass, walleyes, panfish, pike, you name it. So, well, it sounded like um, you know, kind of going through and looking. I was, you know, obviously watching the live of the uh, results and whatnot, and it looked like the Eagle River boys held up held their own down oh there. yeah i can't that's right the uh the blickards uh another father-son duo of eagle river pete and chris they bagged a big one on you sunday another, another father-son duo my my dad now <laughs> oh no. <laughs> no no i was i was saying that because of you know Easy, trevor buddy. jeremy but oh uh, yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, but yeah, they begged a big one on Sunday, which gave them gave them big fish of the tournament and uh, put them at, at fifth, which is super cool. So yeah, Eagle River boys were representing, and 
And uh, oh, can't forget uh, Clay uh, stuck one on Sunday as well, so that you know Nick and Clay's team got those got those cave run points, which, like I said before, history shows that those fish really matter. Even if you just catch one, you know, one fish, that those points mean a lot more than say if you catch one fish at a tournament where sixty fish are caught. You know, there's only twenty five right. fish caught, so. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm glad. And I'm sure uh I got I got big hopes for Trev this year, Trev and Jeremy. Me I too. think Trev's I think Trev's gonna stick a stick a giant at uh either Madison or Vermillion. So another another picture of Trev holding up a four footer and just a massive fish again. <laughs> Every year that kid just pulls in a huge fish. It's awesome uh that's good stuff well i'm glad the northern northern wisco could represent properly down there you know i think sometimes we get a little bit of a rep that all we can do is uh chuck bucktails at weed bed so it's good to know that we got uh we're a little bit more diversified raising that finesse Rex, level, letting everybody know that's <laughs> <laughs> uh, good stuff all right, all right well, gents. We, we we talked a lot i guess uh I mean, head into next week, what do we got on deck? Ah, on deck, I don't know. Can't give too much away, but we got some good spring fishing talk. Some uh, some fishing that we have already been kind of up to. And uh, that's going to be really exciting to share. You know, I got some some stuff up my sleeve to to present to the, to the musky world a little bit. And uh, I think it's going to be exciting stuff. So more wow. news. What a Stay teaser. Tuned. What a teaser. Yeah, I know. This for a while. <laughs> hey, man, I just, you know, want to keep yeah, the people gotta, on their toes. Yeah, you, you know, get them coming back. Right. Wow, that's good stuff. So when, when do you officially move up to Eagle River? I know you're living in Appleton right now. When, when do you make the move? The move is happening <laughs> in the next, you know, week and a half or so. I think it'll be official by like May 15th or something like that. So that I am beyond stoked about. So I can really just hone in completely on my fishing. I mean, either, either way in the past, I'd always just fish constantly when I'm up North, but now I'm, now I'll be living up North. So that's going to be what I'm going to be doing is fishing as much as possible when I can. How uh how can people get a hold of you if they want to book a trip? Yeah, so at the moment there's a website in the making, but it is not complete, so I don't want to give that out yet. But a super easy way to get a hold of me, as always, is just my cell phone number via text, phone call. If I don't answer, don't be afraid to leave a voicemail. You can reach me at 920-264-3818. One six. You can also find me on Facebook just as Gus Manti or Suggs Fishing Guide Service, and on Instagram as Suggs Fishing, and on TikTok as I want to say also Suggs Fishing. Gen Z, I always... Gen Z. Yeah, <laughs> I'm about to ban that. TikTok's about no to get way. the boot. Yeah, that's all good. It's one less platform to post. <laughs> <laughs> You want to talk and about a YouTube channel at all that we might? Yeah, might I was do just about whatever. to say, yeah, a YouTube channel in the making. So 
I'll give you a little, I'll give you guys a little rundown of, you know, what's in the making and it's going to be as put it out pretty much as, as you guys know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a turtle when it comes to all this editing and getting all this stuff done. Cause it's, it's still oh, really? new to me. I'm, I'm yeah, right. Shocker to you guys, but I'm, I'm still oh, really? new to this editing <laughs> stuff, man. And, uh, really hoping to kind of do a little mini series on the PMTT, you know, as much of a video as I can get out of it. And then I'd really like to kind of present Monday night Muskie league. Cause I just think that's a really cool thing that, uh, that dad and I are doing this year. Again, we've done it uh, the last two years. I'm su super excited to share that. Got to defend. And then year. here and there, you got to defend that? the title. You got to defend the title this year. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Uh, the Manti boys, you know, you, Max, uh, me, Dad, we all contributed last year. Obviously, Trevor did. He got a a big fish. Shocker. Uh, Jeremy as well. And then I uh, can't forget about Lunker Lou. Another stick. When uh, when Trevor sticks a big one. Kevin. Trev six a big one, one of these upcoming tournaments this year. We're gonna have to have him as a special guest, get his side of the story. Yeah, I'm really hoping to get Trevor on one of these days. Yeah. I mean, I hope people listen to this, although you know, being our first episode, it's highly doubtful. Yeah. But people wanna reach out and come on and talk any fishing stories or whatever, you know, reach out to Gus. He just dropped his contact info. We'd we'd love to have people on chat muskies. I think it would be probably a cool element but um yeah i'm excited sure, for the yeah. summer i think we're gonna have a lot of cool stuff to put out there to the public and see where it goes yeah i'm super excited for all that and i really hope you guys enjoyed this first episode of muskies on tap and there's going to be tons of info more to come in the future so as always stay tuned and we'll see you guys on the next one all right see you Peace. fellas